Good evening, everyone. How are we all doing today? Well, it's nice seeing uh, these beautiful faces and handsome faces this evening again. And it's a lovely time in God's presence. God bless you, Pastor Amy and uh, the praise team. Uh, let's just bow our heads for a brief prayer. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you because we know you began something good in our midst. And we know your word is going to come forth with great power and with great inspiration. Lord, I ask that you breathe life through me to your people. I'm just a vessel. And let your word do your people good. And let every need be met. Let everyone receive healing, emotional healing physical healing as the word comes forth. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. Okay, I, before I go into the message, I would like us to take that uh, advice. Yeah. Let me to pastor's line. <laughs> okay. Can you put it up, please? Okay, thank you. Uh, can we stand up while we say this together? Yeah, this is prophetic and this is uh, a word that we need to say all the time. Well, look, can we go now? One to go. The Lord has given me the tongue of the land that I should speak the, the word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a land. The Lord had opened my ears. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I pray the Lord we open our hearts to his word this evening in Jesus' name. And uh, I, I like this word, uh, uh, the scripture, because if you can't hear from God, it is difficult to walk with him. If you can't hear from God, I bet you it will be very, very difficult to work with him. So today, I'm going to continue with what I started last time I preached, the efficacy of God's word. Two, uh, I'll just quickly do a run through. I started by saying that uh, I read from Isaiah 11. Uh, 55:11 it says so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what i please take note of that word what i please and it shall prosper in the thing for which i sent it his word would not land in a wrong address. The word will not miss its target. It will accomplish what he said it should accomplish. And uh, there's a word which we used to say, I used to say when I was younger, we said nearly cannot kill a dead. God's word is not, I almost, I almost got it. If I had sent it before time, probably it would have worked. No. So, you need to understand who God is, and you should know that the word that he speaks is him speaking himself, something, the word is a representation of who he is. So, it we accomplish his desires. That's what please means. God has a specific desire concerning things on earth. And then when he sends his word, it is going to, it's going to accomplish those desires. It's not going to accomplish people's desires. It doesn't matter how you think about 
what you want, but God's desire is what it will accomplish. Amen. So I just wanted to just make that clear. And then I want us to think like God would think when we are speaking his word. As I started, if you don't know how to hear from God, it will be difficult to work with him. Then we also made mention that, uh, that the word has three dimensions in the Greek. I'm not going into that. I'll just say we have the graphe, which is the written word. The written word on its own will not accomplish anything if you don't have an understanding of it. I said something last time. I said even the devil quotes the scripture. It is not the graphe that produces life. I did something and my wife said, why did you do that? I stood on my Bible when I was here. The Bible did not stand up and give me a, a dirty slap. I'm not saying the Bible is not powerful, but on its own, if you don't speak, if the word of the scripture don't, doesn't jump out of the scripture and get into your heart and your mind and the Holy Spirit transforming and giving you a revelation, it is just like reading a, a literature, Okay? Now, then the next one is the Logos. We said the Logos is Christ himself. And then the last one is the Rema. We've talked about that several times. A lot of people coming in. That is the revelation behind the written word that you imbibe. I, 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 I said something. I gave an illustration of uh, you studying the word, chewing the word, regurgitating the word like the, the ruminant animals would do, like sheep or the cow. You know, when, they eat and they eat, when they eat, they go to a place and they settle down and they bring back what they have eaten because probably they are eating in, in, in haste or probably just wanted to get as much as they can. So you see them, they go back to a place in the evening or any time and then begin to rechew what they have chewed. They bring it out from within them and they grind it and make sure that the nutrient comes out. The same process is with the word. What you have received in, 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 in church, what you have received by someone talking to you, what you have received probably by studying, you go back again, you start praying about it. And then... When you're praying and when you're studying, when you're meditating, you're thinking and you're asking the Holy Spirit, what is this thing all about? Now, what you're doing is you are chewing it and then the nutrient is, nutrient is coming out and it is the nutrient that actually makes you to be alive and to grow. So when you are doing that, you are growing in the world and then you are getting stronger and you are actually digging deep into the ground and having a formidable root. So when things come, you have a place to stand and then you have words to say. Now, I want to quickly say this. that The Holy Spirit is not going to just jump out of nowhere and give you a word for an occasion. No. The Holy Spirit is going to bring out the things you have stored in your mind. And those things will now become revelation to use against anything that comes against you. Are we getting what I'm saying? That's why I started. If you don't have God's word, it will be very difficult to work with him. I will make a reference to that. Amen. So, uh, today I want to talk about the attributes of God's word. We know that God's word is efficacious. We know that God's word produces results. So one of the attributes is that God's word is alive. God's word is alive. Uh, Before I go any further, I wanted to say thank you to Pastor for the opportunity. I think I forgot. I just remembered now. Yeah, I have to say that. I know he's watching somewhere. (laughs) God bless you, sir. I forgot, but I remembered. Okay. And to the pastorate also for the opportunity. I'm standing 
upon the grace of this ministry to minister. Amen. So God's word is alive. When you say something is alive, it's not something that is stale. It's not something that is stagnant. It's not something that used to be. It is not something that is done through repetition. It's not a creed. It is a life. The, actually, the Hebrew word says it is quick. So let's quickly read uh, John chapter 6, verse 63. I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, It is the word who gives life. It is only something that is a life that can give life. A dead animal cannot give life. A dead person cannot bring forth. So, he said, it is the spirit who gives life. He said, the flesh conveys nothing. I'm reading from the Amplified, please. And said, it is of no account. Now, he now said, the word, the rhema that I speak. That's Jesus talking to his disciples. The word. The translation of that word there is the rhema. That is the word I speak to you right now. It is not just ordinary. It is a revelation I got from my father. So I am transmitting a fresh word from the throne of grace to you. And it is that fresh word from the throne of grace that gives what? Life. That empowers. And there is a force driving that word. And that Fourth is the Spirit of God. I made mention, I said, the word that God speaks is His essence. So, it is that force, His essence, that is driving that word, that is pushing that word. And that essence gives life and makes it powerful and it makes it productive. And because it is that same force, it is going to meet the target. It is going to accomplish a desire that he had before the foundation of the world. Amen. So, I just want, I'm trying to take my time to just explain all of this to you so that you know what the word is. When you say it is powerful. Hallelujah. Now, the Word of God is divine and it is powerful. Now, I want to use an example. When, God, when Jesus was on earth, he had an encounter with some people. He loved a family and then they sent, they sent a message to him, your friend Lazarus is dead. And uh, when I read that scripture, I think they were trying to blackmail Jesus Christ by using a specific statement. And being biased, I'm just thinking my own. You know, he said, your friend Lazarus, the one you love. So, what they were trying to say to him is that there is no Exception, you have to do something. This is the very person. The, no, it's not just your friend. The one that you love. You know, in, 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 in our language, uh, they'll say, they'll, they say something like, the one you love, gone, gone, gone. That is the very, 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 very person you, 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 you love. The one you dine with. The one you drive with. The one you chat with. The one you want to play games with. So, you were trying to make him do something that Maybe he doesn't want to do, giving him a reason why he should do stuff. But Jesus Christ was not really moved by that. I think he saw, that, saw it as a blackmail anyway. That's according to my own uh, gospel. And he began to say something. I learned something uh, about Jesus Christ's work with, Christ, uh, with, with God. He will not do anything aside what God asked him to do. When he goes to the cool place to pray, I think he is actually downloading the event of things that are going to happen for that day. And God told him, Lazarus is going to die. 
And you know what? You're not going to go that day. No matter what they say, they're going to say this. Gonna say this. You will spend three days before you go. <laughs> so he was moving with what? The father's direction. And why they were trying to use words to incite him? Like what we do. God, this is the reason you have to do this right now. God is looking at you. I have a desire. And my word is going to accomplish a specific desire in your life. So, you need to understand him to know how to walk with him. He chilled. He actually went somewhere else and his disciples were looking at him. Boy, this man is sick. But I love what he was doing and what it was his, his attitude was about the word. He began to speak. And he said something in John 11, verse 4. He said, When Jesus heard that, sorry, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Remember what I said? God has already told him, Chill out. I'm going to do something strange in the midst of this situation. Chill. And he did that. He was now relating to the people what he has received from God. And he was telling them, this is what God said I should do. It is for God's glory. It doesn't matter what you think. And I'm saying this because I want us to have this divine direction. When things are not working the way you want it to. Can you just pause a little bit? God, what are you doing? And I must tell you the truth. You might not even get the answer to what he is doing. But just ask that. What are you doing? What do you want me to do right now? What do you want me to see in this situation? And then let him speak. And from my own experience, God has not spoken to me in most times in such situations. He doesn't. I'm not saying he will not speak. Most times he doesn't. He just lets you be. Because if he tells you everything that you need to know, the faith will not be applicable in your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. I'm trying to teach anyway, but let's see. God help me. <laughs> Time also. So, he said, God's, it is for God's glory that the Son of God might be glorified therein. He was just using the word. What he has, what he has received. The word he just spoke gave life to that man who was dead, even though he was dead in the physical sense. I, I began to think, I said, how can someone be dead for like four days and he just caught him forth and his body is as fresh as new? The Holy Spirit was just ministering to me that every word that Jesus Christ was speaking was preserving that, the, the man's life. He was not talking the situation. He was not speaking the situation. He was not concurring to what men were suggesting. He was, not, he was not in haste. God can never be in haste concerning anything. The only thing he can do is to speak his essence into that situation. And it will accomplish it. Take note of that. His word is still giving life today. The word is not stale. I'm going somewhere. Now, he says something again in verse 11, the same chapter of John 11. He said, These things said he, and after he has said unto them, Our friend Lazarus, does what? <laughs> no, I, I, when, I, when I was reading the scripture, the, 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 the disciple said something. Man, this man is not speaking reality right now. He said, They just sent us a message that this man is dead. And Jesus Christ was trying to speak the word. He was not concurring with what they were saying. We are in different dimensions. Let me tell you something. The understanding of the word is going, to, is going to put you on a pedestal different from the ordinary man. When people are saying there is a cast, cast down, you are actually shouting, there is a lifting. The reason is not because you are not standing in the same place. The dimension you are operating for is different. There is a revelation that is coming into you and then you are tapping into that revelation and you are speaking from that dimension. And so people will begin to see you. Is this guy okay? That's when they start looking, using this word like kolo. 
Yeah, I, I discovered that in even in Spanish they said colo means to be crazy too. So <laughs> that's what it means. Is this guy okay? That is actually what they were saying to Jesus. But your friend is dead. Someone that sleeps wake up. Wakes up. This man is L I T E R O. Literally dead. You know, at the time, Jesus Christ just looked at them. He had to come back, come down to their level again. Okay, okay, okay. He's dead, but I'm going there. Yes, he brought it to their level, but he actually stepped it up again. I cannot read everything. He said, yes, this man is dead, but I'm going to do what? Raise him up. Now, he was trying to bring them to a place that whatsoever that is impossible with the force of God's word, it can come alive. Let me go ahead. So, he was not speaking things that are generated by the environment. Things that are generated by our conditions. Things that are generated by what we see or what we feel. I was talking to, back then when I was in in Nigeria, I was talking to an elderly man and I, I'm, I, I used to be that person when I, uh, that once I receive a word, I run with it and I become radical with the word and I begin to speak it and I don't care how old you are. I will tell you what that word is. This is what the pastor said and I have received it and I'm working with it. And he, we were just arguing and he told me something. He said, boy, you are still very young. He said, the reality of it is that... And I said, sir, let's come back to my level. Which one is more real? Is it the word or your situation? Now, this is one of the reasons I I play down on experience. But I love experience, please. Because when you begin to base your experience, you try to generate your experience to conform, uh, sorry, you try to use the word of God to analyze your experience. Now, the word of God is not the standard right now. It is your experience. That is where most people are getting it wrong. They use their own experience to interpret what the word of God is. And then their experience becomes the reality instead of what? The word. That's why someone will say that witches, in reality, have you seen a witch? Because that is what you see. But the word of God has not come to a place where it becomes a reality in your life and then you use the word of God to counter the reality of what you see. And I call it fact. Take note. Anything that is real is just the fact. And you know what? One thing about fact, it changes. This pulpit is here right now. That's the fact. Doesn't mean that it's going to be here tomorrow. But God's word is here. And it's come to stay. And God's word can change any given fact. Are we getting what I'm saying? Amen. So, they were still operating with the fact of the dead man. He was operating with the reality of the revelation he has gotten from God. Because that word is going to change what is happening right now. Now, that is why you need to come to a place whereby your faith is being generated through the word. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it said, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You cannot effect any change if your faith is not influenced by the word of God. I'm using the word faith generated from the word of God because some people their faith is generated from another person's faith it's not wrong that's why you cannot use someone else's faith to effect a change in your own life it can be a point of reference and you get what I'm saying the word that Pastor Angela receives is for her I can say God you did that based on the word she just shared with me and I'm going to use it and think pray, study. And when I get that revelation, that is when it comes from me. Faith cometh by hearing, not by your ears, 
it is hearing by the word of English. English. It looks wrong. Faith cometh by hearing, not hearing by your ears. You hear by your ears. But he's saying you should hear by what? What the word is saying. Are we getting that? So, the word makes things come alive. It, there is a spirit. What I want you to get from this very point, which is the word is alive, is that the word which you speak is backed up by God himself. And it is that word that will effect a change. What you need to do is to speak that word. Now, another uh, person I want to use as an example is the Saturon. When I read that thing, I, things started moving inside of me. And I started speaking in tongues. Not just today. Anytime I read that scripture, I speak in tongues. I want to operate every day in that dimension. You know, let me just give you a background. The centurion was not a Jewish man. He was a Gentile. But he has gathered enough information about Jesus. And that information began to began to transform his thinking. And his thinking began to, 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 to incite some belief system inside of him. And before he left his house, he has already made up his mind on what he wants from Jesus. I don't know how long he used to, 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 to study, to do his research on this man. Probably he, had, he healed this woman. He did this. He just laid his hand on this person and then the person recovered. Then he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to form my own faith in a new dimension. He went to him and said, sir, I'm a man of authority. There is a revelation I have gotten based on my position. And I know that it can be transmitted into a spiritual level that will effect a change in my situation. Now, I have a rema. It used to be physical, but I have actually transformed it. It has transformed me, and I can actually use that same principle in the spiritual. He said, I'm not worthy, trying to be humble, but that was not the essence of that passage. It is the spiritual principle which he brought out from his physical experience. Don't bother coming to my house. There is a force behind the word which you speak. And I know there is a force behind what I speak. There is someone backing my word. I, I, I'm just an ordinary man, but they can beat me up. There is something I am standing on that will make my soldier listen to my word and run with the word which I give or I gave to him. The same principle can be applied to what you carry. So, I know there is a force. And so, all I want you to do is to what? Speak the word. And my servant will be what? He knew the essence of God is what backs up whatsoever comes out of, God, uh, of Jesus' mouth. And you know what? I was trying to create a picture in my heart when I was reading it. So, Jesus Christ started thinking, he said, what kind of thing is this? I've never seen such a great faith. Man, I believe in his mind. He was saying, speak the word. I don't need all of those things right now. Speak the word. And Jesus said, oh man, I have done this, I have done that. Man, I'm so bamboozled by a hidden, having such a revelation. The man was still saying, speak the word. That is what I want. And then when Jesus spoke the word, he looked at his time. Then they didn't have his touch. They were using the, die, the sun dye. They looked at their shadows. Then he looked at his shadow. Sun is healed. Oh, you're sorry, your servant is healed. Then he looked at the, the shadow. Okay, this is going to be like probably 1 p.m. or so. He wrote it down. What am I trying to create? The man had an expectation. He didn't just come down there to just say. That's why I said the word we actually accomplish a desire. The man came there with what? A desire beyond any human expectation. No one has actually thought of Jesus 
performing such a miracle in such dimension. Speak the word. No. Someone will say, follow me. The other one will say, if I can actually touch the hem of his garment. The other one will say, if I can actually climb the sycamore tree, he will see me and then he's going to do something about my situation. But he went a little bit further. and said, no, I know if this man speaks. And he actually looked at the time. <laughs> it caught my attention. It caught my attention. And how do I know that he actually looked at the time? Jesus told him, go. And when he got home, they ran to him. He's healed. He's healed. Yeah, yeah. What time? <laughs> Hallelujah. That is an expectation. He said, what time? And they told him. And the Bible said, that was the exact time Jesus Christ. How many of us are having such expectation? The time might not be as fast, as quick as the centurion. But how many of you have actually spoken some word concerning your situation and you are expecting God to actually do it? But God's word will not miss target. It doesn't matter the time. He's always on time. He is always on time. He may not come when you want it, but it will definitely meet its target. I am a living witness. I've had a lot of delays in my life. But whatsoever that God has said concerning my life, they came at the right time. I can give you a series of testimonies. This young man standing before you would have been long dead. They have tried everything. But I'm still here standing. They said I'm not going to be a graduate. Standing here with you, a graduate. Even my family gave up on me. If you guys are watching at home anyways. I don't know. <laughs> yes. My, my, my siblings had a meeting. It took me, oh gosh, nine, close to eight years after I left high school to get into the university. They gave up on me. They actually told me, go learn something. And I told them, no, I'm going to be a graduate. I'm going to be a teacher. Actually, I actually said I was going to be a lecturer. And I'm still working towards that. I'm not there yet. I'm, there are a lot of things. The word works wonder if you can stick to the word. Whatsoever the Lord has said concerning you, you need to stand with that word. Whatsoever promises that the Lord has laid in your heart and you are working it in your heart and in your spirit, stand with it no matter how long. He said, though it tarries. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand with the word. Now, I want to talk about what kind of word do you need to fight with? In Ephesians, he was talking about the armor of God. Then there's a place where he talked about two, two words. One is the sword of the spirit. And there's one that is said, the sword. They said, I think one is the sword of the spirit. I want to talk about the sword of the spirit. He said, take up the. Okay, let's. Can we just read it now? He said, take the the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, that sword is not the sword he's talking about. Is not the kind of sword you use that you use the the the, the samurais they use. And they fight, then they start jumping and all of those stuff. No, that is not the kind of sword he's talking about. He's talking about, I can't pronounce it very well, but I will try. It's called masharia. It is dagger. How many of you have seen a dagger? It's a very short, short, sharp knife. And you know the essence of that? It is for precision. The word of God, yes, thank you very much. It is for precision. The sword, the other kind of sword is for you to dangle it. 
Let me, I want to cut his neck. You don't know exactly where you are. But for this one that he's talking about, young man, I'm going to get you. I'm heading, I'm aiming for the heart. And once you get the heart, you hit it, you squeeze it, and you kill that person. Excuse me, I'm just trying to make a... It is for precision. Now, the same thing applies to the Word of God. The Word of God is for what? Precision. When, when Paul was talking to the believers, he was not saying, okay, dangle the Word of God all around. No. He said, let the Word of God have, have a precise destination whenever you are using it. You devil of headache. Precision. That's why Jesus Christ said something. He said, and you shall say to this mountain, the ma- it has a name. Precision. When I'm fighting you, I'm not fighting the unknown. Thank you for what Pastor Amy said. We are not fighting from a place of struggle. We are fighting from the position of victory that has been accomplished. So when I'm talking to you, I know what I'm talking about. When I'm talking to you, I know who you are. The devil, I'm not talking about that person that is fighting me right now. I'm talking about the force that is behind you. So I'm going to leave that person right and then make sure that the precise opponent. Yes, I see you. You are the one I'm talking about. You foul spirit. Masharia. That is what... God wants you to do. Please be precise. Don't pray a sanctimonious religious prayer. I don't want to go into that right now. Amen. So, the word is powerful, is efficacious. Let me run through the next attribute. In as much as I want to... Okay, before I go into that, let me say this. I was reading Pastor's book very interesting. I'm not done with it. He said something that I actually underlined. He said, when God created man, every other thing, even though they were living, they were not designated with what God actually designed man to be. He said, man is a speaking. Did you, did you read that? It caught my attention. He said, he's a speaking spirit. Now, when God breathed into man, it was his essence that he breathed. So this is me inside of you. And you became what? A living being that is a speaking spirit. So whatsoever you are saying represent me. That was why when Adam gave all the names to the animals, God did not say, oh, that one is wrong. It represented God's intent on earth. So you have to represent God's intent on earth. Jesus Christ said, you will speak to that mountain and it will move. Now, God was talking to his children in Psalm. I don't have it in there, but I'll just, you can open it. Psalm 82 verse 6. He said, ye are gods. Wow, that should shock me. Ye are what? Gods. But he said, you will die like what? And I began to say, why will this man call, oh, this God call me a God? Sorry, I don't want to call you man. Please. Trying to be spiritual a little bit. (laughs) Now, I checked the word. He said, is in the plural, Elohim. And it is the same Elohim that is actually used for Genesis chapter 1. He said, in the beginning, Elohim did what? Created the heavens and the earth. God created the earth. I, I, I might not be able to go into this in full detail. He said, God created the, the earth out of chaos. What do I want to bring out? If you are Elohim, and the Elohim that you represent is the same Elohim that actually created something out of chaos, and his essence was breathed into you, what are you supposed to do? Speak to me, please. Create or recreate. Redesign, speak. And the very moment you refuse to act like an Elohim, you become ordinary. And he said the resultant effect is you will become mean men and mean men die like 
chicken. Sorry to say. That's the truth. And let me tell you something. The word Elohim actually translates into what we call judges. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me. He said, what do judges or a judge do? No, they just sit down there and they start smiling at you. <laughs> and they begin to talk the situation. No. They pronounce judgment. And whatsoever they say becomes what? Can you see yourself in that light right now? That every word you speak could effect a change. It could condemn. It could bring life. Like a judge. The same thing he said in, in John. He said, is it not written that ye are gods? And I checked the translation. It's, it's called Theos. And it's magistrates. The same word, Greek, meaning the same thing in Hebrew. God does not miss a word when he's telling you who you are. It, what it means in the Old Testament is the same thing it entails in the New Testament. He will not change his mind concerning you and what he wants you to represent on earth. The same God yesterday, today, and he will become, and he will become God, 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 and remember what? God. So, what he has spoken concerning you, you are a judge. It doesn't change. Don't conform to the things of this world. You can effect a change. The difference between Christians is what they know and what they don't know. That's why Paul said that I pray earnestly that you will know in Ephesians chapter 1 beginning from 16 that you will know the inheritance the riches of his inheritance. So many people are ignorant of what and who they are in Christ. And so they conform. And the very moment you conform you will become deformed. Yeah. The only way you cannot be deformed is when you are transformed. Letting the word renew you. Amen. I got about five minutes. The next attribute is that the word tries you. Number two. I don't like this. I must be honest with you. Can I be honest right here? How many of you really want to be tried? Raise up your hand if you want to be tried. Nobody really wants to. So I always say this. If you don't want to be tried, don't receive the word. And if you don't want testimony, don't read the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joseph was an example. I'm going to cut this short. I'll have to end this today. There's no part three. <laughs> and he said in Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 105, 19 to 20, he said, Until the time that his word came, the word of God tried him. The man was just sitting on his own and God, then God actually gave his word through revelation, dreams, and blah, 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 then in the Old Testament. That was how he got it on and he started telling his people. And God started working on Joseph. He said, I'm going to use the same word I gave to you to try you. I'm going to cut it short. I asked God, I said, why did the word try Joseph? Was he not good enough to accomplish the purpose that you have assigned him? The Holy Spirit said, it's not about being good enough. It's, it's about being prepared and conforming to that same word that I have given to him. He was not in the proper perspective of that word he has received. Probably if he has become what God has asked him to be, he would have been proud. But God has to take him through a series of trials. Now, in, in Psalm, there's another uh, a verse of scripture I want us to read. Uh, let me look for it. I think uh, Psalm 12. Uh, let me, I can't find it now. Time is running. Please go and look for it. Now, can you try Psalm 12? Yes. He said, the word of the Lord are what? Pure words. Like silver tried in the furnace of what? The earth. 
God's word are pure, but the container that it goes through are not what? So before he's going to use that container, he has to do what? Purify it. It has to go through what? The fire. Seven times. When I read it, said, what? That was why Joseph went through what he went through from one point to the other. But his own was like three or four times. He said seven times until we conform to the image of God, of his son. But someone will say, oh, that is the Old Testament. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. Jesus Christ started talking about the parable of the sword. Then he said, one fell on, this, on the tongues, the other one fell on, the, uh, on stony ground. And something struck my heart. Those that fell on the stony ground said, when they received the word with gladness, as a result of the word which they received, trials came. This just reminded me of what I went through some 12 years ago, or about 15 years ago. No, no, it's not. Close to 20. I just graduated from school. As t- I went to, I started teaching, and in that school at Antinoja, we we'll be able to relate with what I'm about to say. It, it is not too applicable. It happens here, but not the way it happens in my, in my country. So I was in the staff lounge, and then they were discussing. It was the time for why it's like SAT, SAT that they write in here. And they, that is when teachers, uh, some teachers, they really make some money. You have to bring t- t- uh, students from different places. If they are asking them to play, pay $100, you can tell them to pay like $200. The other $100 goes to your pocket. So they were just discussing chit-chat and everything. And they said, Mr. Mr. Donald, are you going to do that? Have you, have you gotten your students? I said, no. What are you waiting for? It's like so and so uh, weeks to. I said, I'm not going to do it. Now, before that started, I preached a message with the youth. And I told them, the, it was titled, The Integrity of a Man Will Sustain Him. I'm trying to tell you, when God gives you a word, he's going to use that same word to try you. And now they started talking about you teaching people during the exams. I have to teach the students. They'll pay me so that they can get straight A's. And the school will be on a high pedestal. That, that is the school where people write SAT and then they pass at once. Not knowing that the teachers. I know that the integrity of God's word is at stake in my life. I kept quiet. But at the time I said, I'm going to speak against this. And I started speaking. I'm not going to do it. Count me out. I was teaching geography, economics, and uh, one other uh, subject. And the proprietor heard about it. And uh, she called me to the office. She said, this is what I heard about your stance on this. I said, yes, ma'am. Uh, my faith and what I believe in will not allow me to do what you're they are asking me to do. He said, young man, my school raised its revenue from what they are asking you to do. So if you are not going to do it, you fired. I lost my job. And when I got home, I saw a friend and I told him, thank you Jesus, I've been promoted. Then she already drafted the letter when I got there. She already, so I showed my friend. I lost my job. And my elder brother, when he heard it weeks later, I told him, what are you? You Christian, you this. You, if you cannot beat them, you join them. I told him, I said, sir, I, I can't do it. He's far older than me. I said, I can't do it because he said, you Christian, you're taking this thing too, too far. The testimony, if you don't go through the test, there is no testimony. I was a Joseph at that point in time. I had some terrible situation. I was living on my own. I had to fend for myself. I had to do this. There was no money. I was jobless for about six months. Six months. There is no government uh, unemployment benefit over there. <laughs> it's either you are getting stuff from your family members you are, or friends. God sustained me, but it was terrible. I must tell you the truth. Two years, I was in my car in the U.S. And my brother called me from Nigeria. You know what he told me? He said, God knew that you cannot fit into this system. That's why I took you from Nigeria and brought you to the U.S. He said, I am sorry that I actually criticized you. That is my testimony. My wife was inside the car with me that day. He started saying, he said, truly God is with you. 
That is a testimony for me. It is not about the money. It is about not letting go. Not letting down. Staying with God's word. And even though it might be difficult, I don't know what you are going through right now. I don't know the test you are, you are going through. Don't stay there. Just keep on moving. Applying God's word. Stand your integrity. There are a lot of things that might, 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 might want to make you move. But God's word is yea. And make sure you are standing in that same yea. And amen. It might be six months. I'm telling you the truth. It took me another three to four years before I left that country. I want to tell you today that I'm not trying to compare myself with any other person. I'm far off. Far, 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 far off. Better than those people that are doing what they're doing. I'm sure someone, one of them called me asking for some money. What happened to the thousands of nairas that you got from that transaction? Let me tell you something. I'm going to end with this. Paul was talking to the people. He said, the things that you see are temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Even on earth, the things that are wrong are temporary. But when you stand with God, He's going to give you things that will stay. I know Paul was talking about the heavens, but I'm trying to tell you something about what God gives to you. He said, the blessing of the Lord maketh what? And added what? No sorrow. If you stick with God, if you stick with His word, and you begin to speak and do, remember I said, it's not the year out of the word, it is the doer. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through. The word is trying you right now. Probably you've received the word. Probably God, God has laid something in your heart. And as a result of that, it's like things are just happening all around. And you have not done anything wrong. But it's just coming as a result of the revelation you have received. Please take it out. He will glorify you. Remember what Jesus Christ said. He said, the reason why I'm staying these three days is because God wants to glorify his son in this situation. And that is the word for you today. God wants to glorify his name through you in that situation. And that is my earnest and sincere prayer for everyone. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're doing right now. But God knows and he's going to see you through. Can you just rise up with me? We're just going to close. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. I know you have spoken today, and it is you, it is you. Lord, you know these people individually, personally. And Lord, I pray that you begin to extend your hand, touching their lives right now, reaching into their inner recesses right now, effecting change in their lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, because we know that this word is going to do your people good, is going to work wonders in their life, even as they stay strong in your word. Thank you, everlasting Father, for in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.